Welcome to the Baller Shorts Podcast, NCAA March Madness Edition. I am Ben Tuttle. I'm joined, as always, by Doug Kralstein. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or other places. You know what they are. Doug and I are feeling good tonight. Ate some chicken and rice, and that's when we are at our best. What up, son? Doug, I know you're excited. It's March Madness time. We usually talk about the Uh, NBA, but we've been getting into college basketball a little bit. We've been... Winning some money on college basketball a little bit. So yeah. stay tuned if you want some surefire lock picks to bolster what you got in your wallet and to maybe make your bracket sing. I know where you want to start, Doug. Yeah. Duke. We're going to start with Duke. So just for some context, we have one of our best friends went to Duke. And we watched the Duke-Notre Dame ACC championship game with him this weekend, the night before he... Our friend, Matt, Matthew Sperber, was at the Duke-North Carolina game. Obviously a great weekend for Duke. I think there's a lot of optimism there. The thing, though, is Ben is a hater. He's a hater of all haters. I can understand it. Duke, like the Yankees, like the Cowboys, is one of those teams you either love or you hate. And when you hate them, you root against them no matter what. Whether you have financial interest in them losing or you just want to see them lose because they're one of those teams that you enjoy seeing the demise of. But, but, one of us here is a journalist. I'll give you a clue. It's not me. And when he portrays himself on social media, I would expect, you know, the bias to not be completely removed, but to be scaled back a little bit. So earlier, before the brackets were revealed, Ben tweeted out, these are my top four, these are my 4-1-C predictions, and these are my 4-2-C predictions. Oh, they were in predictions, because I know how East Coast biased the committee is. There we go. But they were who I thought deserved to be in the one and two seats. So, I don't even remember who you had as your ones. I think it was Gonzaga. I had had Nova, Kansas, Gonzaga, Arizona. No problem with that. I thought Arizona or UNC, either of them deserving of a number one. I personally, too, would have had Arizona. So, there's your East Coast bias for you. Who would you have number two seats? North Carolina. Totally okay. Kentucky. Obviously okay. Oregon. I'm very okay with that. And? And Baylor. And Baylor. There's no conceivable way Baylor's ranked above Duke. They've lost four of their last seven. Duke just went on a run where they beat a number one team pretty much twice in a week. And they also beat Louisville. And they also beat Notre Dame. I understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. Yes. I I do have a basketball. They didn't beat... UNC twice in a week, but they beat them twice this season. I have a case for Baylor. It's definitely not airtight, but I have a basketball case, and I have a case against Duke, which is more of a non-basketball case. Yeah. Okay. So, so Baylor, while I don't think they're a great team, and I think they're ripe for an early upset, they have non-conference wins over Oregon, Louisville, a healthy Xavier, this is before the Sumner injury, Michigan State, and VCU. Fewer losses on the season than Duke, which I, I know you always say it doesn't matter the total losses when you play in a, an easier conference. I think the Big 12 is underrated. I think the ACC is slightly overrated. Of course you do. And it helps your argument, so of course you And do. I think there should be an automatic penalty for having a player on your team that willfully trips players and you have a coach that refuses to punish him adequately. That's fair. So the Golden State Warriors should also be punished based on your standards. Anyway... I mean, I'm, I'm not anyway, into making comparisons. I'm into looking at things as they Here's the one at. thing. I get it. Your non-conference schedule is a big part of your RPI and your strength of schedule and how your overall resume is viewed. But one thing that the committee won't talk about but definitely plays into it because it's not quantifiable is the eye test. And there's no conceivable way, if you watch college basketball, whether you hate or love Duke, that you can tell me right now that Baylor's a better basketball team than Duke. Are you making the fun of the fact? The non-conference schedule happens almost 99% of the non-conference games are before your conference schedule. Good point, yeah. Captain Obvious. Yes. So that is a while ago. They've lost four of seven. Yeah, none of those were non-conference. But all those non-conference wins that you were talking about were, yeah, when they had a great streak in the beginning of the season. That's when Duke was very poor. At that point, you could have told me Baylor deserving of a one seed, Duke's deserving of a six seed. I probably would have agreed. But... So what have you done for me lately, and how are you right now, at this moment in time, because that's when the brackets are out, there's no way you can say Baylor is better than Duke. I agree. And I, I hate Duke. Got him. 
Got him. And got him. I can't. I'm dancing. I can't. He's doing a really bad dance that he might do at a club, punching some fists in the air. Yeah. It's dangerous up in here. Obviously, you know, I am a little bit uh, bombastic, a little bit <laughs> blustery in my anti-Duke sentiment. I tweeted something recently about how <laughs> there's a lot of money going Duke's way in the Vegas <laughs> sports books, and I can't wait to see all of those people lose and that's their money. fair. That's fair of you to say. I, I think Duke is kind of comparable to Sasha Vujicic. Okay. Circa 2009. Okay. What, by the way, Sasha Vujicic might have been the all-time greatest Duke player had he played college basketball. Probably True or false? not. Absolutely false. As far as the hateable white guy who shoots really well, you add in his long hair and his flopping, dude, he would have been an all-time Duke There's villain. no way he's hated more than Redick, Leitner, and now Grayson Allen. Why would you say that? Having no idea whether Vujicic... Grayson Allen trips people... Christian Leitner kicked someone in the chest when he was down. I feel like he JJ Reddick just happened to be a very sensitive person off the court. I mean, I don't know. I a mean, young Sasha Vujicic would have done all of these things. Maybe. Whatever. We don't know. Actually, we, can, we can't have this argument more than what we just had. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, I like to slide Vujicic into conversations. My mother has a Sasha Vujicic Lakers jersey. Very partial. The, the best thing he but ever anyways, did was fix his eyebrows in, in the, before those... Hugely clutch free throws he hit in the championship game. <laughs> so when you love when they're on your team, yeah. hate when you're not a fan. False. He's on the Knicks now. He, that's my team. I hate him. <laughs> so I'm just debunking everything you're saying. But okay, we got we got we got by my my one uh gripe. My one gripe. So let's talk bracket, Ben. Let's okay, talk let's bracket. Just, no agenda. Let's just talk about it. We're not gonna talk, we're not gonna beat a dead horse. We're not gonna talk about if any team should have gotten in that didn't, which I don't think there is, or seedings, we know, you know, it's not perfect. I think the committee did an overall good job. Maybe we'll touch on it. We'll see. Well, can I just bring up one point? Okay, we'll touch on it. Because I've had a slight issue with the media coverage of the last couple of days. Okay. And by last couple of days, I mean yesterday's bracket announcement and today. Everyone from, you know, Jay Billis of VSPN to... to the CBS folks and so on and so forth. They're all up in arms that poor Syracuse didn't make the tournament. Oh, 18 and 14 Syracuse, the number one snub. Poor Jim Beheim. You know what? That is ridiculously unnecessary love for an old name and an old friend, that being Jim Beheim. Maybe. They're 18 and 14. Could they have won a game in the tournament? Sure. Could they have maybe had a, a resume that compare as well to some of the last teams in, sure. But don't gripe over someone that could not have been more than a play-in game team and don't yeah. suck up to someone like Jim Beheim. That's fair. It's such a waste. When there are so many things to take issue with when it comes to the committee and, and seatings and, and the NCAA in general, using wasting your, your mental capacity, wasting your breath That's on fair. this Syracuse team is just a waste. That's fair. That's fair. He got very adamant. You got to see him. He like had to like look away and catch his breath. To be fair, I did. Watch, I haven't watched ESPN at all since the Bracks were revealed. But I did watch CBS, and they actually were totally okay with with no Syracuse. Charles Barkley actually to 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 make the point against loving Jim Beheim, he actually said, "I want to congratulate my friend and former teammate Danny Manning." Of Wake Forest, but but I understand what you're saying. I, I completely understand. I read some ESPN stuff today that said Syracuse should have been in. I don't think they should have. They didn't have any any prowess at all um, outside of the Carrier Dome. And guess what? You play no games in the Carrier Dome. Funny story, though. You know who they're playing in the NIT? Who? First round, UNC Greensboro. And you know what Jim Beheim said this weekend? What? He said the ACC tournament should never be in Greensboro. And, and the city of Greensboro tweeted at him, they're not playing in Greensboro. They're playing in the Carrier Dome, but there, there could be some bad blood there. Manufactured bad blood. I love that. All uh, right, bracket. Where do you want to start? East region, because it's in the top left. That's where I usually start. Thoughts? Who do you like? Sleepers? Who do you hate? I like Villanova. I like Villanova. It's boring. It's cliche. Interesting. You don't like the two-seed of this bracket? Duke, Duke <laughs> might escape Troy with a win. I would, I would say there's a shot there. And interesting, we're going to get the Duke-Baylor debate potentially a couple games down the line. I, I, actually, don't think, I don't think we will. 
I think Baylor's going to lose to SMU. I think SMU is a very strong team. And I like SMU to maybe upset Duke and go to the Elite Eight. That that I can't necessarily argue with. I don't think it'll happen, but I don't think that's out of this realm. I think it's within this realm. <laughs> I don't know. I So the thing about SMU, and to even more extent Villanova, because they're a very good team, both teams are very shallow in terms of the amount of players they play. They only play SMU only has six guys and it's really positionless basketball. But all of their guys can pretty much do everything. Villanova's got a few more defined positions, but they only play six and a half, maybe seven guys. I don't I think you could get away with that in tournament, but one injury or foul trouble, one game with bad foul trouble can really screw you. I I like SMU here. I think Villanova has a relatively easy top half of the bracket. Um, I do see, and I don't see this quite often. Eh, I do see this often. I do see a one-two matchup down the line in Villanova and Duke. And I like Duke coming out of that. And I try to say that without bias. I just think right now the way they're playing, um, if they're all clicking, they have four guys who could score 20 and then a fifth guy in Emile Jefferson. And, and they have Matt Jones, who's a glue guy off the bench. And then you have the, the wildly unknown what you're going to get from him guy in Harry Giles, who actually played very well in the end of the ACC tournament. If they're clicking, I like them. I do like Villanova Duke. I like Villanova coming out of that bracket. I think, I, I hate being cliche with my upset picks and sleepers, but there's a reason to be cliche with them. Mm-hmm. I love UNC, Wilmington over Virginia. I think this Virginia team is, is really bad. I think... They're really awful to watch. They're not bad. Tony Bennett has just installed such a great system. I think they're playing better than... like I think they had a better season than they deserve to have. But I agree. I think they're ripe for an upset. Maybe not in the first round, but potentially in the second round. And potentially not to the four-seed Florida Gators. Wilmington, speaking of, of Duke, took Duke to the last minute last year in the tournament. Yeah. They ended up losing by four. Yeah. And, and they were up for much of that game. Yeah. They returned three of their top four scores from the team last year. They've yeah. been, done it before. And if you look at the history of teams that don't make the tournament often, then get in and get close in the first round, the year afterward usually is a breakthrough year. I'm so, with you. Uh, and then this Florida team, which has really been struggling down the stretch, if you're on a 12 seed in the Sweet 16, UNC Wilmington. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not saying anything new, but they're a team to look Florida, at. Florida's been struggling since they lost their big guy, Abu New. I think that's how you say his name. But he tore he tore his ACL, which I can sympathize with. Um, Here's the question. Is there any game in the first round that you're really excited to watch? There's one thing I have a problem with this bracket, and it's that I'm not that excited to watch any of the games. No. These teams don't excite me. They have teams like Wisconsin, boring. Yeah. Virginia, boring. This Florida team, boring. Yeah. SMU's fun. If they yeah. play a team like Providence, they can get up and down. Baylor can be boring. South Carolina and Marquette, they don't They don't get me that excited. No. So uh, I do like the potential Marquette-Steve Ojehowski-Coach K. Second round matchup though. Yeah, you like the idea that the former protege can hug and potentially future Duke coach. No, we all know Capel's going to be the Capel Duke coach. Was not a good coach in the few games he had the audition for, but we don't have to get into that. Regardless, um, boring bracket. It is a pretty boring bracket. So should we just move on? Do you think the committee does and or should take into account watchability? No. It's just another factor they have to take into. Watchability, that's no, right. And do you know what? It's the tournament, and you're picking the 68 best teams. You're going to get good games for more than half, you know? And even you can put two teams who would be a great matchup on paper, and they could be a bad match. There's, there's no point for them to do that. Let's move to the West, which is an eminently watchable bracket. I like this bracket. I love the West. There are teams that are fun to watch. I love this Northwestern team. They play with such joy. Everyone knows. First time in the tournament. Games like Notre Dame-Princeton should be super fascinating. Uh, And they just have a bunch of entertaining teams. St. Mary's VCU. Yeah. St. Mary's senior-laden, really steady, solid team. Yeah. Pretty much doesn't lose to anyone except Gonzaga. That's what they do in the regular season. Now versus VCU and their havoc, which every year seems to get it done. Yeah. 
I don't know. I this bracket has me torn up because I've been saying all for the past two weeks. I really like Gonzaga and I really like Arizona, and it's killing me. They're in the same bracket. I I think as of right now, and I told Ben before this. I out of habit don't look at start really looking into the bracket in terms of my own picks until Tuesday night, and we're filming this on Monday night. Recording this on Monday night. As of right now, I think I'm taking Gonzaga to win the national championship. Wow. I love that pick. I love that pick not from a basketball standpoint, but from a gutsy standpoint on your end. I don't end think of... it's very gutsy. I mean, I'm they're the number one team in terms of Ken Palm's rankings, which is analytically way over my head, but a statistical measure that a lot of college basketball gurus swear by. Um, and I think they have the most underrated player and in, in least talked about great player in college basketball. Shemek Karnowski! No. The Polish oh. Hammer 2. He's great. He's great. He's He also might be 35 years old, but he's great. But I'm talking Nigel Williams-Goss. Do you think that once Shemek Karnowski tries to join the NBA, he and Marcin Gortat are going to have to like fight to the death to see who can remain in the NBA and be the Polish Hammer? Because I don't think you can have both of them. No, I don't think he can either. Interesting that you think Shemek will be in the NBA. He's a large, large man. He's a large man. He's got great touch depth. He's deft. He's great. No, and he's a good passer too. He is a good passer. Um, I don't know. I like the Zags. You like Nigel Williams-Goss. I think this is their year. I think this is the best team, the most balanced team that Fuse ever had. So I think one of the problems with filling out brackets is you should be clear-headed and analytical about it. My heart always goes in. And I've been burned by the Zags before. Yeah. Zags, for me, have been trendy Final Four picks a couple of the past five or six years. And, and I've gotten really, really burned by them. It's like it's like an ex-girlfriend who tells you, no, I'm in, I'm in this time. Yeah, I, I yeah, want to yeah. be, I want to make this relationship work. And you're like, really? you got to show me. So I'm in show me state, and I'm not picking them until they do. Like, okay. if they get there, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. The only team on the top half of the bracket that concerns me is Notre Dame, and I, you know, I think I think Gonzaga is very disciplined. I think they'll do well. They would do well against West Virginia, um, although I don't think West Virginia gets that far. I think Notre Dame scares me. Col- Bonzi Colson is a matchup nightmare for any team because no one has a six foot five roly poly guy who could guard Bonzi Colson. Do you also, think the ideal matchup against Bonzi Colson is another six foot five roly poly guy? I kind of don't think that's the, the matchup. So when we were watching Notre Dame at Duke, we were discussing the fact that Bonzi Colson, who is one of the best players in the ACC, if not, you know, he's he's the only one in the ACC who's averaged a double double. He pretty much plays power forward, but is is not. Maybe he's six five. He plays center. Yeah, he plays center. It's just it's, he's unbelievable. He's got very long arms. He's he's got a great he's got great touch. He's got good moves. He's quicker than he looks because honestly he doesn't look that quick. I do think as a new runner, I can run a mile faster than Monty Colson. I think he would destroy me in wind sprints, but I can run a seven and a half minute mile. If you give me a few weeks, I can get it down to seven. I think I can run a mile faster than Bonzi Colson. For those of you who are wondering why Doug is so excited about being able to run a mile, if you don't know Doug or if you missed the first podcast, he's had seven knee surgeries. Yeah. And he usually only runs after uh, after cheeseburgers really late at night. He's not allowed to eat cheeseburgers. I also don't run after them. Oh, I, But you would if they I were running away. Um but, no, but so I started running on the treadmill because I was like, you know what? Let's try it. Let's see if my knees will hold up. My excuse was always, my knees aren't going to hold up. So I did it, and I was like, whoa, that's awesome. I did an eight-minute mile my first time, and now I'm like down to you know seven and a half. I, I think I could get down to seven if I really push myself, and I think that's better than Bonzi Colson. We need to get this race set up. Let's make it happen. Do you think he wants to do it? I don't think he does. I think he would crush it. I think he would absolutely crush it. I can't see him running better than a seven and a half minute mile. Wind sprints, he would destroy me. I don't know. You're underrating. You're underrating. Here's a couple questions. Fine. How are you feeling about Dunk City, part two, FGCU against Florida State? I like FGCU. 
I like the Eagles. Little known fact, they have more dunks as a team than the 2013 Dunk City team. Significantly more in fewer games. I believe it. It's interesting. It's interesting that, that the committee gave Florida State FGCU in Orlando. I mean, it's good for both teams because they're close, but the committee, I feel like, kind of had some fun with these matchups. They did the same thing with Kentucky and Northern Kentucky. FGCU has nothing to lose, and they're playing an in-state team relatively close to you know where, where their school's located. Supposedly, they tried to do some uh, geographical integrity for all the schools so it's that, quote-unquote, the kids could go to class. Yeah. That was actually bandied yeah. about, which is unbelievable. Oh, there you go. Well, good for them. I, I mean, I like FGCU. But if that's what they're taking into account, schools like Kentucky should be traveling across the country. Because the FGCU kids, they need to go to class. The Kentucky kids, they're going straight to the NBA. Don't you think? Like, if they actually I don't think that athletes. should be. I don't think that should be taken into consideration. But it's a good point. All right. I think FGCU could be a team that beats the spread and keeps the game close. Do you know what the spread is as he's looking it up? But I do think that Florida State is, is too talented and too deep. It's 12-point spread. 12-point spread, yeah. I mean, it's something to look at. But Florida State's been very good all year and underrated. I think Leonard Hamilton does a good job. They have, you know, a surefire top seven pick, it's looking like, in, in Jonathan Isaac. And they have great role players, if you will, better than role players, and and Bacon, and Raton Mays, and, and the big guy, Michael Ojo, he's huge. He's huge. I don't know. I like Florida State. I know you like FGCU. I like FGCU. I'm definitely betting the spread there. Definitely. Definitely. Definitely betting the spread. Uh, Midwest. Midwest. This is a really tough one. I, I don't necessarily think right now I'm taking Kansas or Louisville to come out of this. I think this bracket could be ripe with some, not first-round upsets, but upsets in maybe the second and third round. Sweet 16. What do you like? What do you think? And well, then, I'll tell you, then I'll tell you the teams I'm looking at. This bracket is interesting in that it has two power conference tournament champions seated fifth or below. Yeah. Yeah, two teams that I think we both agree were probably underseeded. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would wager that there's never been a time, there's never been a tournament in history where two power conference teams, you know, from the Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10, ACC, SEC, Big East, were rated that lowly. Granted, the committee did, it looks like, take your regular season conference schedule into effect more so than the tournament, which I completely agree with because it's a larger body of work and you have home games and away games. Um, So kind of a mix of both. I know, you know, the conference tournament's neutral, but Michigan and and Iowa State, who we're alluding to, are seven and five seeds respectively, they made runs. They were both seeded low in their conference tournaments and made runs. You know, Iowa State had the fortune of not having to play Kansas because Kansas lost early. And Michigan won a Big Ten that's pretty underwhelming this year. If, but they made it in that, – that was an incredible run. I, I think they should have been four and five seeds respectively for Iowa State and Michigan. If there's one team I would advocate you watch if you haven't seen them, it's Iowa State. They are so fun to watch basketball. Point guard Monte Morris is probably, in my opinion, the best player that people in college basketball haven't heard of. Yep. Scores, passes the ball, always in control. And when you have a point guard who's a, a senior and doesn't get rattled, we yeah. all know how that helps in the tournament. It's, it's one of the reasons also, why people like Kansas with Frank Mason. Two of the best shooters in college basketball. Yes. With Nazma Chulong and, uh, and Matt Thomas. I was going to say that white guy who shoots the ball well. <laughs> He looks. He couldn't look more generic, and he couldn't have a more generic name. And they also have a guy who might be a good matchup for Bonzi Colson, even though they're not going to wind up playing each Deontay other. Burton. Deontay Burton. Deontay Burton. He's a roly-poly, lefty kind of but position. But he's quick. Guy. He's quick. He's, he's very like quick. a Jay Sean Tate. Yeah. Jay Sean Tate's like him. They're like the yeah. same age. Yeah, exactly. The short lefty who does a lot of mid-range stuff. Yeah, and he's a good rebounder. But I love Iowa State, and I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa State 
came out of this bracket. Do you think they have a shot? Okay, here's the thing about the top half of this bracket, which includes Iowa State. I like Iowa State, but I do think there's significant upset potential in the first round versus Nevada. We've seen this before, too. It happened with Syracuse a while back with Jerry McNamara when he was, I believe, a senior. When they ran through the conference tournament, made a, like five wins in five days, and lost in the first round when everyone was high on them. So we did also see the reverse with Connecticut and Louisville where they ran through their conference tournaments and then won the national championship. I have been high on Purdue, but I'm less high on them recently. But I do like them getting to the Sweet 16 at least. And I do think they would be a matchup problem for Kansas. Even though I think Big Ten teams are not going to do well. I want to point out something about Iowa State, because I've been looking into them deep. I shouldn't share my secrets, but but I will. They split the season series with Kansas. The one game they lost against them, they lost by four. They lost ten games on the season. Yeah. Can I just quickly run through a couple of the games they lost in the season? Yeah. They lost by two yeah. against Gonzaga, 73-71. They lost by one against the top 15 Cincinnati team, yep. 55-54. They lost by two at number two Baylor. And then they lost by four at Kansas. Those are 50-50 games. Say those four games go separately, go the other way. Obviously, we're projecting a lot. And they're 27 and six. And they win the conference tournament. And then they've beaten Gonzaga, Cincinnati. And obviously, the counter argument is oh, they didn't win close games. But but the math shows in a short season that 50-50 games are much more chance, much more luck and coincidence than they actually are indicative. I think so. Losing... They could be a twenty-seven and six team that is a two seed, arguably a one seed, I, except I for a couple of toss-up games. I don't buy that in the slightest. In I the slightest, you it's don't buy indicative. it. Indicative. If you lose close games, it's indicative of failures at the end of game. It just is. Unless every single game they made a comeback. To storm back from 15 down and they just couldn't get over the hump. And, you know, in that case, then they shouldn't have been down that much. Look, it only takes one two-point loss to get you out of this tournament. I don't I don't buy that for a second. I see what you're saying, that this team could be very good, but why would you want to live in a world of hypotheticals? They could very easily come out and lose their first game by two, and then you're sitting there saying, man, they did that all year. They lost, they lost a lot of games by two. You know I would love to live in a world of hypotheticals. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we both would. Um, but yeah, for the bottom of the bracket, I like Rhode Island a lot. I think Oregon's going to miss Chris Boucher, and I feel bad about it because he tore his ACL. And I don't know if we've mentioned, but I sympathize with people who've torn their ACLs. Michigan, I like Michigan, but Oklahoma State's from the team I've liked all year too, with Juwan Evans. So that's going to be an interesting game. I don't think that's a I don't think that's a guarantee for Michigan, even as well as they've been playing. By the way, jumping in there about Oklahoma State, we have a text thread going right now with our friend Paulie. Uh, Polly once we lived do. on our couch for a while, <laughs> and by a while I mean like seven months. We were very generous, Polly. If you're listening, you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> and we've been talking about the all Scotty Reynolds team of guys who feel like they've been in college forever. Yes. Every other day, I know Polly texts us and says, "When's Fred Van Vliet getting off the IR for Wichita State?" Phil Forte. Phil Forte. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like Phil Forte was an upperclassman when Marcus Smart was doing his thing. I also think he's lost an inch every year. And gained 10 pounds. Yeah, but he's still a great shooter. Great shooter. Well, you don't lose that. You could. He's like Dixie. If you gained 10 pounds, he's, he's your, like only in your right arm. It'd be very hard if you are ready to get up the shot. But anyway, I'd say Phil Forte is a starter on that, that squad. The all I've been in college forever squad this sure. year. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This bracket's tough. I could I could see myself having Rhode Island in the Sweet 16. I could have myself having Oregon in the Elite 8 or Louisville in the Elite 8. Purdue and Iowa State, I'm going back and forth with. Maybe it's just Kansas. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know, man. I don't know. One team we didn't talk about even was Michigan State. I think we both agree they are... I think Michigan State got in. Michigan is a run. I think they got in on the reputation of their coach. No, they did not. They deserve to be in. They had some good wins this year. And they're, they're better than Syracuse. They're better than USC, Providence, Wake Forest. I'm not the saying they lost to be in the tournament, but I, they should have been a playing game team, maybe a 12 okay. seed. I, I think that's fine. That's all I think. Couldn't have been 12 seed. Had to have been 11. 
or higher. As a well, they could have been a twelve seed if right. they were worse Not than. Uh, I think. Yeah, but the worst the worst at large teams were elevens. So. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, you've you've proved me wrong with very simple knowledge. Boom. That's what I'm doing today. All right, and let's go to the south. This is the tale of two halves. The top half and the bottom half. I was wondering where you were going. You're a top half guy or a bottom half guy? A top half guy. And one thing you're a bottom half guy. One thing that's interesting about the top half is Middle Tennessee State, obviously a trendy upset pick in the 12 5 matchup. After blowing out the aforementioned Michigan State Spartans last year, 15 over 2. Yeah. But they're actually the favorite. They're favored by one. Yeah, they won They won the Conference USA, which I know sounds good if you, you've been a college basketball fan for a few years, but it's definitely not as good as it was back in the Cincinnati days. Um, yeah, it's interesting, though. They, I can't believe they're favorites. It's, you know, we've only been really, you know, looking at lines pretty in depth now for this is our second season, I think it's safe to say. And it's interesting, you know, when you when you think about a 5 and a 12 on paper, well, 5 is better than a 12, so picking that 12 to win always feels like a risk, right? But in reality, you're talking the 5 seeds, they're like the 20th to 25th best team in the nation, and then 12 seeds are usually the best of the lower conference the lower, the know, best mid majors. The best mid majors, yeah. So there's really negligible differences with these teams, and these 12 seeds always have, they always play, or at least they should. Like they have nothing to lose because if they lose, whatever, they lost to a five seed. But it's interesting that you know to see it, Vegas smart up and say that this 12 seed should beat the Minnesota. So looking at the other spreads for five 12. Virginia, seven-point favorite over UNC Wilmington. Notre Dame, seven-point favorite over Princeton. And Iowa State, six-point favorite over Nevada. Right. So usually the the lines, the betting lines for the same seeds are roughly similar. And I think this is Vegas just capitalizing it's interesting on, on people's perceptions. It's interesting. Like, though. I have no idea. And Minnesota is an easily underratable team because I knew... I've, That's what I was just going to say. I've written them off for months because they're sort of the forgotten team from the frigid north who has also an unexciting style of basketball. Yes. No, you look at the other five seeds, Virginia, Notre Dame, and Iowa State. Those are all high-level programs. Blue you Bloods. Blue, Blue Bloods. Bloods. Minnesota has had a resurgence under Richard Pitino. And he has them playing with that mid-major chip on their shoulder feel, though. That's how they're playing. So it's interesting, this matchup. I think people are going to gravitate towards Middle Tennessee State because they love picking the 12-5 upset. But I'm not ready to write off Minnesota. Although it would inspire a potential 4-5 matchup that really is anything but inspiring with Butler and Minnesota. I think UNC is such an easy march to the Elite Eight. It's kind of frustrating because I don't like UNC. I agree. I agree. And I'm not talking about how the South is the bracket of death, but only because if, only if you're half. UCLA or Kentucky. I think I think they've got very strong two seed, the strongest three seed, a really strong six seed in Cincinnati yes. who no one's talking about. Cincinnati is a team you hate to play because they could always get in a fight and beat you up and take your lunch money. Well, Cincinnati, UCLA... Which is the which would be a potential three six game in the second round. And don't forget about is the Kansas big, State or Wake Forest. Both of those teams have beaten big time programs. Not gonna forget about, but just saying hypothetical UCLA Cincinnati matchup, dude. That is a huge contrast in styles. Cincinnati wants to slow you down, wear you out, and have some guy named Tony Copain at the end of the game hit a th- clutch three because he's been in college for years. Yeah, Tro- Troy Copain Troy is Copain, also sorry. Yeah, but Tony Copain's his twin brother who who shakes down uh, the other the team. I know the Y there. Okay. Cody. Um, but dude, the seven ten game, Dave and Wichita State. I mean, you got Wichita State, who's been a darling of this tournament in recent years, and Greg Marshall has them playing at a very high level, even though they lost the eternally great Fred VanVleet and Ron Baker off the, this team. And they they're a ten seed, which is criminally underrated, and they have to play a seven seed in Dayton, who. Archie Miller with this team, it's led by Scoochie Smith. Scoochie has found is a way. still on the team too. He's found. Oh they found. A, they find ways to get to the Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight that one year. I mean, they they don't do anything but win. And I remember you just told me 
Wichita State, even though they're the 10th seed, I think is, is favored by six or yes. seven. Six, and that's for, uh, it's bad money on the minus six, minus 115. For all you betting people out there, like, right. you have to pay a so lot to even up. get the minus six. So it's trending towards Wichita minus State. seven, that's yeah. Crazy. So Wichita State beats Dayton, which is an if at this point. They're favored, but you never know. They would have to play Kentucky, which is the, the game from, what was it, two, three years ago? Which State was the one seed, but oh, Kentucky one of the, the greatest games in college basketball history. Oh my gosh, Julius Randle. Yeah, I mean, so here's a question. I like Kentucky though. Speaking of betting, do you almost have to bet Dayton because of the odds at plus two thirty? I, I don't know if I can take a money line. I'll take that spread though. Really? So you think Wichita State is lost that good? A, Dayton, Dayton has lost a few close games recently to teams they should have beaten. So I think Wichita State here is a reverse victim of what we've seen with Gonzaga. Gonzaga's that one seed who's disappointed as a high seed, yeah. right? And so I think people are going to trend towards saying, oh, well, Gonzaga's disappointed before. Maybe they're not as good as, as their resume shows and as the eye test shows they are. Maybe they'll lose. Meanwhile, Wichita State is that mid-major who's been solidly, very solid. Yeah. And <laughs> because they are seated so low, everyone's going to say, oh, that must be a problem. But you know what? This Wichita State doesn't have anyone averaging more than 12 points a game. And that is a sign of balance, but that is also a sign of weakness. Yeah, well, you need a star. And I, they, I think you need a star to not necessarily win a game, but to, to, to make a run. And, and they don't have one. Right. And this Dayton team, seven losses. Cook. They're very senior-laden. I mean, I think because Wichita State has that name recognition from the last five years, and when Dayton's made those little runs, somehow it's still... I mean, you know, me, under I, the radar. I like Dayton a lot. I, I don't know if I'm going to pick them yet. i got to research it a little bit. But I'm lean, I always lean towards them. I don't think they're beating Kentucky. No. I See, I think I think Wichita State's going to win, but I think I'm going to bet Dayton because I think the odds are that good. I like good. it. I like it. So you got coming out of the bottom? Either Kentucky or UCLA. <laughs> no, not to cop out. If you hold a gun to my head right now... I would never. I would say Kentucky... And then you might want to slap me in the face for that. No, I, I would never. It's totally. Thing. It's I that by I the way. I think with a healthy Darren Fox, they can run with UCLA and defend significantly better than UCLA. I think it's a really close game, and I think that's one of those must-watch. You know, whatever I'm doing, get me in front of a TV type games. But I just talk talk to me about UCLA. They don't defend well. But part of me thinks it's because they haven't had to defend well. Now, can you flip that switch? I don't know, especially when you're led by a freshman. Sure, they do have some senior guys who, who are real leaders. And the guy who I think is the most underrated player in college basketball, Thomas Welsh's grape juice. That was bad. That was bad, Chris Berman. <laughs> that, was, that was like as bad as Chris Berman gets, and that's really bad. Thomas Welsh is their 6'10 senior... Uh, fun stat about Thomas Rain, Welsh. Good range shooter. He's never missed a 10-foot shot from the, the right or left baseline in his entire college career. Shut up. No, they 538 did a did an analysis. That's insane. No, nah, I'm kidding. So I, I made that up. He takes so many of those. No, but he, he, is the, he is the pop in the pick and pop. He really is. And he doesn't need to play that, you know, any other way but that. I don't think he's underrated. I think he's properly rated. But he's a great piece to this team that probably doesn't get talked about at all because he's Thomas Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, UCLA, if they can turn on the defense just a little bit, and I think they can, because I think they have, like, I think Lonzo's a better defensor than he's showed. I think because they can. Defensor. Did I say that? He, he is a bigger defensor. He's long, he's quick, he understands the game, he's so smart. And. Maybe he hasn't defended with the the fire that he's needed to because things haven't been that tough yet. You see in a couple games when the going does get tough that he, he ratchets it up. Yeah, we'll see. But um, I don't think you want to start ratcheting it up, though, against a guy like Darren Fox or potentially Joel Berry. You know, these elite college point guards. I don't, I don't think that's when you want to. But, hey, if, if he can and he does, more power to him. But... See, the thing about UCLA is I don't want them to win mostly. So I love this UCLA team. I love watching them. 
The biggest reason why I don't want them to win is to shut LeVar Ball up. You're on team anti-LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball's been a hot topic of conversation at work, by the way. Darren Ravel broke the news, which is me basically him seeing someone else break news and then retweeting it, or and then tweeting about it, not even retweeting, where he said, LeVar Ball is searching for a joint shoe deal for his three sons, um, Alonzo, LaMelo, and LiAngelo, worth $1 billion. Today, and so, he, for those of you out there who don't know, I, I produce a daily news uh, streaming video program for sportsillustrated.com. It's called SI Now. We had Ice Cube on today. Uh, shot an interview. It's going to be airing tomorrow. And Ice Cube favorably compared LeVar Ball to himself as a father. Interesting. Ice Cube said that he did about O'Shea, with O'Shea Jackson Jr. What LeVar Ball did or is doing. Oh, to get O'Shea Jackson Jr. the part of playing Ice Cube? Yeah, you do what That's you can. Fine. You do what you can to get your kids in the spotlight. Here's the thing, though. There's I don't fully agree with that. I'm just saying what Ice Cube said. And it's an Ice Cube. It was a movie about Ice Cube. So Ice Cube is an established human being <laughs> in the rap game and very, you know, becoming a prominent businessman and whatever. We don't have to talk about Ice Cube. But he's obviously successful. Very successful at what he did, and he wanted his son to play him in a movie about himself. That's one thing. LeVar Ball, did he play college basketball? Yeah. He did. Where? I don't remember. Exactly. You don't remember. You don't know LeVar Ball. You know him as the father. He needs to stop saying, look, it's one thing to tell your kids behind the scenes, hey, I think you can be better than Michael Jordan. I'm totally okay with that. But to come out and say, you put... Lonzo on the on the Warriors right now. <laughs> you put Steph on UCLA and see what happens, insinuating that the Warriors would be better off with 19-year-old Lonzo Ball than Steph Curry. That's insane. I just you googled. Don't tell the I just that. googled uh, Levar Ball. I wanted to find out where he went to college. You can't find it. Uh, I could find it, but what I'm you finding can't find first it right is away. he said, "Quote back in my heyday, I would kill Michael Jordan one on one." Yeah, like it's 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 kind of frustrating. It's, you know, dealing with that person who's just so naive and so stubborn, and you know there's nothing you can do about it, and you know he's not going to stop, that you just want to, like, hit your head against the wall. I might do that. Speaking, I really might do that. Speaking of uh, Ice Cube, though, do you remember the time that I accidentally hung up on Ice Cube because Warren G was calling on the other line? It's a highlight of my career. That's a, that's a R- cool R- thing R.I.P. Warren G. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. But what I love about this UCLA team is UCLA has... Seven guys who can beat you. Yeah. And I don't think most teams have that. Most teams have the seventh. Ike and Ibogu. Okay, good. Who's making sure you're not talking about Gigi Golovan? <laughs> so if Ike and Ibogu played, played for Kentucky, I think he'd be getting a lot more hype because that's the type of player that goes we to Kentucky. We are comparing to Bam Abadayo. Yeah. I think he's everything and more than Bam Adebayo is. But doesn't start because that's not how UCLA runs it. But regardless, everyone on that UCLA team can score, can yeah. pass, can move the no, ball. No, they're a very good seven. I, and I think, I think they have more weapons than any other team in college basketball. And I think when yeah. you couple that mm-hmm. with someone who sets them up like Alonzo Ball does, if one of them's having an off night, they're fine. If if De'Aaron Fox. If you let him shoot and he isn't hitting his jumper one night and you really lock up on Malik Monk, that Kentucky team's in serious trouble. Yeah, because they're not serious trouble because, yeah, Fox and Briscoe. Briscoe can't shoot. Fox can sometimes shoot. I do think that their dribble penetration is unstoppable. I don't care how far off you're playing De'Aaron Fox. He's the fastest person in college basketball. That's just my opinion. And I don't think if you're going to be UCLA, you're going to lock up Malik Monk. You know what I mean? It takes a team to do that. You can have Holiday or you could have Hamilton run after him, but no, that's fair. Well, I mean, it's tough. UCLA won the first meeting. Both teams are at full strength. Yeah, and I think it would be a really juicy rematch. And for sure, we can debate it till the cows come home. But we don't have cows, so they're not so going home. That's it. They're they're going. All nowhere. right. So to recap and put a. Put a bow on my bracket for now. Bow, put a bow on your bracket, then we'll speed through the NBA real yeah, quick. Yeah, I got Gonzaga. I got Duke. I have TBD, but let's just call it Louisville. 
and Kentucky. So I guess I'm high out. Three two seeds and a one seed. My final four is Villanova, Arizona, UCLA, and Iowa State. I think Iowa State continues that run. You know I'm high And I think the Pac-12 has a chip on their shoulder this year. The, the top three teams. The commissioner? What? The commissioner of the Pac-12? Yeah, him and all of his minions. He kind of represents the entity of Pac-12. <laughs> I, I think these teams believe they should have been higher seeded. I think UCLA is offended that they were ranked below Florida State. I think uh, teams like Oregon are offended that they're ranked below Louisville, and I think they're going to try to take it out on them. So that's who I got. All right. Can we play a quick game? Yeah. So I compiled some of the power schools in in college, given that it's, you know, March Madness, fresh on my mind. And I took the current alumni who are in the NBA. So they didn't have to graduate the school, but the school they left. Sure. And now are in the NBA. So they can't have transferred from the school. They could have transferred to the school. I put together the best team based on those players for each school. And I want you to tell me how they would do in I love the NBA. It. I love it. Without, so we're we're not removing any of these players from their existing team. We're kind of creating right. duplicates, and their college coach is coming to coach them in the NBA. Ooh. So they're a thirty third team. Thirty third team. There's thirty two teams in the NBA, right? Uh, thirty, 30 teams. Thirty first teams. teams. All right. We're not going to start with the obvious ones. Let's start with Michigan. How many wins would this team have? Give me a, a current comp. They have Jamal Crawford, Tim Hardaway Jr., Nick Stauskas, Karis LeVert, Glenn Robinson Jr. That's their starting five. They really have no bench, except for Trey Burke. <laughs> They're very small. I, th- I think they would have trouble with size. Yes. And I think they would give the Brooklyn Nets a run for their money. That, that's, that's always the question. Next. Okay. So how many games do they win? However many games the Brooklyn Nets have won. 11, so I think. I think they won their 12th last night. Okay. So Over your Knicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, ready? Michigan State. Again, a team with very limited bench. Gary Harris, Denzel Valentine, Draymond Green's playing with three, Adrian Payne, and Zach Randolph. I think they are one win better than the Michigan team. 13 wins. Interesting. I think Draymond. Yeah, because Draymond, what makes Draymond great is is being surrounded by guys yeah, who can hit shots. Yeah. Like, who, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. They, Gary Harris is a poor shooter for his position. And who's he going to pass to? Adrian Payne? They have to ride Zebo in the post. Yeah. That's great for six minutes a game. All right. Let's go Syracuse. We've got Michael Carter-Williams at the point. Dion Waiters at the two. Wes Johnson at the three. Carmelo Anthony at the four. And Rakim Christmas Ooh. at the five. Or Renze Walker, whoever you want. This team is same as the Michigan State team. One win better than the Nets. They have Melo, though. Yeah. Melo's good for a few more okay. wins. Okay, excuse me. What are the, what's the Knicks record? No. <laughs> what's the Knicks record? Significantly better what's than the, the Nets. What's the Knicks record? They have at least ten more wins than the Nets. All right. So yes. Let's go position for position. The Knicks have twenty six wins. Okay. Uh, Michael Carter Williams or Derrick Rose? I think you still say Rose, right? I don't know if you do. Rose is the worst defender in his position. Michael Carter Williams is is not starting for a terrible <laughs> Bulls team. So you're saying Rose? Dion Waiters or Courtney Lee? Right now you say Waiters, right? Dion Waiters. Okay. I guess Carmelo versus Carmelo is a wash. Carmelo versus Carmelo is a wash. <laughs> Wes Johnson versus Porzingis. Huge Porzingis lead there. Yeah. And then... Rakim Christmas versus Hernan Gomez. You go Hernan Gomez. Probably. Definitely. You're a hater. No. Yeah, I, well. I like him. I like him. Willie. Billy. 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 Okay. All right. So this current Knicks team is it's much better. Game. Yeah, it's a few games better. Okay. So we're giving this team five games better than the Nets. Okay. Okay. All right. How many more of these do you want? Keep Three. going. Okay. You want UCLA? Yeah, I want my favorite team first, though. I'm high on, no, not my favorite college team. My favorite NBA team full of college I players. Have it. Marquette. I don't have it. Oh, I love this. I let's, love the let's Marquette do it. We team. Can do this. I, I don't have them full, but it includes Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, and Jay Crowder. Yeah. Which I think is as strong but a 2 3 4 as people? you can get. Yeah, of course you can. But let me. Who 
who else is in the league? Dominique James is probably crushing it over in yeah. Turkey or something. All right, well, while you look that up, I'm going to give you your actual favorite college team. Dwight Bikes. Dwight. Steve Novak off the bench. Steve Novak. He's still hanging on. Yeah. That team would win. Oh, they would, they would have to. Oh, and Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews, okay. And then they have to start Henry Ellenson. That team would be Who's better than the Knicks. That team would be better, 100%. Wade, Crowder, Butler, Matthews, and Henry Ellenson. Well, let's take a step back. Because Wade and Butler is very similar to the current Chicago Bulls. Okay, they're five wins better than the Knicks. Okay, that's fair. So this team is worse than the current. And then Jay Bulls. Crowder. Jay Crowder's good and player. And Wesley West Matthews. Matthews. Yeah, are both starters. On, a lot of twos and threes. I know. They, they have positionless basketball, yeah. but they, they can guard bigs. They can guard. And Allison's a lot. He was well. He was a late first round pick. And and those twos and threes, Jay Crowder can play. Can guard most fours. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler can guard ones. They can switch. They're switchy. Love that team. Okay. UCLA. You ready? Look at Vander Blue. He's like third in the D League in scoring. Nope. Don't count. Oh, right. remember Travis Diener? Yeah. Do you want UCLA or no? Yeah. Good squad. Lot right. of point guards. This is the. I'll give you the starting five and then the few bench players because I'll let you configure the team how you want. But I had Drew Holiday, Russell Westbrook in the backcourt. Zach Levine, we're going small, at the three. Trevor Reese at the four, and Kevin Love at the five. And off the bench, you got Shabazz, Darren Collinson, Matt Barnes, and Luke Mbamute. It's a great team. How many wins? Uh, they're, they're, right now, that team has 39 wins. Mm, close to, I don't think it's that close to 500. 39 and 27? They're, they're, Do you uh, think they're 39 and 27? They're, Kevin Love's not a center, and you need him to be a center. They're better than this Thunder team. No, they're, they're not. Yeah, which is 37 and 29. They totally are. They're not. Oh, you're saying right now they would have 39 wins? Yeah. So 39 out of... Well, I thought so you the Thunder have 37 wins. The Thunder are 37 and 29. No way. They're not better. Yes, they are. No, they're not. This team is very poorly put together. They, the <laughs> biggest person's Kevin Love, who's... Anything but a rim protector, you would agree. Yeah, yeah, they have trouble. We're talking about Cleveland Cavaliers, Kevin Love. You would tear them apart because we're talking about no UCLA this year. Kevin I love Kevin Love this year. I love right. him this year. Trevor Reza is a very capable player, but he's undersized at the four. Zach Levine is a bad defender at the three. They would run and gun. They would definitely run and gun. I think this team compares favorably to the current Thunder team. I disagree. That's my disagreement. You know why? Because you're way higher on Oladipo than he really is. He settled back into, like, what, 33% three-point shooting? Doesn't need to be a good three-point shooter. Well, I mean, it would help him, but he's I mean, still do you have to do position-by-position thing? He's still averaging 16 a game. Oladipo I, or Drew Holiday? If, are we, are we talking... Oladipo or Drew Holiday? I, offensively, Drew Holiday's better. Defensively, No, Oladipo Drew Holiday's is also one of the most underrated defensive guards in the league. He's a very good defensive guard. Sure. And if you didn't sure. have ties think, to Indiana... I don't have ties to Indiana. You have ties to Indiana. I do. The same way that Trump I'm a doesn't have ties to Russia. Guess who we're doing now? Uh, Levine or Roberson? Levine. Kevin Lover, either of the big men on Oklahoma City. Steven Adams is a much better fit than... Fit? I'm just a better player. Better play. It's just totally different. I and Ariza Sabonis. And wrestler. So all the players on the UCLA Fine. team are better. Whatever. Speaking of Indiana, ready? Yeah. This is a six-person team. They only have six guys in the NBA. Okay. Yogi at the one. Eric Gordon at the two. Oladipo at the three. Noah Vonla at the four. Cody Zeller at the five. And Troy Williams off the bench slash in the D-League. I think they're a slightly below 500 team. No, they're, they're much worse than 500. Yeah, that's what I meant. Dude, I, come on. I was trying to be nice to you. Eric Gordon has got to be their go-to guy. Yeah. That's, that's not gone well for him in the past. That's an injury right there. Oladipo, Yogi is... You got... Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Okay. Good. What do you want to do now? You want to do... One more team. One Kentucky team. No, no, no. We're doing, we're doing two more teams. Okay. Three more teams. Three, three more teams, teams and I have a couple questions and then we're getting out. All right, ready? Yeah. Duke. This is the team I put together. There's a lot of guys in the NBA, obviously. We got starting five of Kyrie, JJ, Redick, Rodney Hood, Jabari Parker, Jaleel Okafor. The bench is Seth Curry, Austin Rivers, Justice Winslow. I could not separate them, so Mason, Miles, Marshall Plumley, 
Gerald Henderson, Luol Deng, Lance Thomas, Brandon Ingram, and people I left off the team were Mike Dunleavy and Kyle Singler. How's that team? Where did, where did you put Gerald Henderson? On, on the bench. Who's your starting point guard? Kyrie Irving. Oh, yeah, I heard about him. <laughs> Kyrie, JJ, Rodney Hood, Jabari Parker, Julio Okafor. It's a good team. Yeah. It's a good team. That's a good team. They got some depth. Team. They have a lot of depth. They they cover all the bases. I think that's a five hundred team. One hundred percent. I think it's a five hundred team. Well, yeah. Because I think they're totally comparable to the Bucks. Yeah. I was just thinking about Jabari Parker. Yeah, I know you were. I know you were. Okay. Although I think Julia Lokafor's defensive. That's the nice thing you've ever said about. I like yeah. Jabari Parker. I like everything about Jabari Parker, except that he went to Duke. But you know why I like Jabari Parker? Because he got knocked out in the first round of the tournament against Mercer. I like all Duke guys who lost in the first round of the tournament. Austin Rivers? They're likable to me. He sucks. <laughs> I like him. He's, he's playing well this year. All right. Two more. Kansas, and then we got to do Kentucky. Okay. Kansas, they really do not have a good point guard. So we're going Andrew Wiggins at the one. Whoa. Kelly Ubra at the two. Okay. Marcus Morris at the three. Okay. Guess who's at the four? Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris. Are you sure it's not Markeith at the three and Marcus it's at the Marcus four? Marcus is one inch and ten pounds smaller. Okay. Um, and then Joel Embiid at the five. The bench is Mac Ben McLemore, Paul Pierce, not much of him anymore, Brandon Rush, um, Cole Aldrich, Darrell Arthur, and Tarek Black. Serviceable backup big man. Yeah. Serviceable backup yes. big man. That's what Kansas is known for. <laughs> Um, I think that's a 500 team. I do. Uh, if Embiid is healthy, and Embiid playing, basically made the Sixers a 500 team when he uh, played. Yeah, when he played. Right, exactly. Okay, so I'm get presuming healthy. a healthy Embiid. And Andrew Wigg- Wiggins is a good player. I don't know if you can move the ball as much as the team would want to. And the Morse brothers, Marquise playing great. Marcus is okay. But Marcus will play so much better because he's playing with Marquise. Right. And you have Paul Pierce on the team, which five years ago would have made that his team significantly better. Are we playing college or NBA rules? NBA. Okay. Because I think that team would throw a pretty gnarly 1-3-1 one, one zone. Gnarly. Yeah, maybe. They would shoot much better if it was mid-range threes. Shorter threes. Oh, yeah. All right. Last team. Kentucky. Ready? Maybe so good. All right. Wait. Can I... Can I... Guess the starters? Yeah, I mean, this is obviously subjective, but you can guess who I put here. I had to leave one person off the starting line. Yeah, you left Eric Bledsoe off. No. You kept him on. And left someone else off. You left Devin Booker off. No. Oh, interesting. So, obviously, John Wall. Yeah. So, you must have done Booker and Bledsoe. Yep. And then, obviously, Towns and Davis. I did Boogie and Davis. Even though it's not really working right now. Yeah, you forgot about Boogie. I have he's a loser. He's proved he's a loser. Oh my god. Okay, so you can start Towns. But you want to hear the bench? Yeah. So Towns or Boogie, Julius Randle, MKG, Enos Cantor, but there's an asterisk there. He can only sit on the bench. He can't play. Brandon Knight, Jamal Murray, Nerlens Noel, Rajon Rondo, Patrick Patterson, and I put Jody Meeks on the team because I think they could use another shooter. I left off Tyler Eulis, Terrence, uh, Terrence Jones, amongst others. That team is the best. I think that team is getting to the finals and losing. If you put them in the East. You think that team's beating the Cavs? Yeah. It's hard for me to say. If they're no clicking, way is that team beating the Cavs. I think they are. Do you know how deep their bench is compared to Cleveland's? Yeah, but in the you don't need depth in an NBA playoff series. I mean, they don't have... They have MKG. They have a bunch of people who could harass LeBron. Eh, really, just MKG in terms of size. Yeah, and if you have to play him a ton of minutes, your offensive efficiency is going way Why? downhill. Why? MKG. Yeah, you put him on the floor with Wall, Bledsoe, AD, but and then Towns? you defend five on four. You defend five on four. I think this team beats Cleveland in seven. And you know me with Cleveland. I'm telling LeBron, you said that. That is unbelievable. All right, where are we at? But they, they don't beat... Do you think they beat the Spurs or the Warriors? No. I don't. I don't think John Calipari is good enough to scheme against a team like the Spurs or the Warriors. Ooh, you're just throwing shots right and left. That was my first shot. I coach... Yeah, Cal. Threw it down the middle. You just threw a shot at the Cavs? Yeah. So they weren't good enough to beat Boogie? To beat this team. Dude, right. on this team, Boogie is maybe the third offensive option. Yeah, maybe. You know what? That team's going to have chemistry issues. No, they're not. 
Boogie loves John Wall. They're playing. They're the Kentucky Wildcats of the NBA. Maybe they have to start all three bigs. No, that can't work. Anthony Davis guarding LeBron. Better than Devin Booker guarding LeBron. True or false? True. True. I think you got to start MKG in that scenario. Okay, maybe you do. By the way, I want to give a shout-out to my Lakers' great tanking job. Last night, they were in a position to win a home game against the 76ers, and D'Angelo Russell pretended to dribble the ball off his foot and out of bounds. Savvy play. I'm telling you, Luke Walton has been doing a secret tank job all year. Weird lineups under the guise of trying things. Oh, that shot just randomly glanced off the rim. That was intentionally missed, and Luke drew it up that way. D'Angelo Russell, great actor. We are now a game and a half behind the Suns, which is right where we want to be. Suns are charging, too. Suns have had some impressive wins lately. Yeah, they're 4-6 and six in the last 10. The Lakers are 1-9. and nine. Who's that one win against? Phoenix. Because that's what you do. You say, you know what? You're not actually better than us. We're just better at the whole system than you are. Demoralize and take what's yours. It's a great way to end the podcast. <laughs> Thoughts about the Knicks? <laughs> no. Don't, don't. No. No. <laughs> Um, Just now. Do you think Porzingis is going to ultimately end up as one of the five greatest what-if players? Like, what if he hadn't been on the Knicks? We don't have to force the Knicks conversation every (laughs) podcast. It's not like it makes me feel better. That's true. Totally okay. Who's your MVP? And then we're going. MVP right now. Yeah. Gun to my head? No, there's no guns. I feel like I perform better when under extreme duress. This is Trump's (laughs) America. Okay, hold on. I do have a fart a gun. gun. I have a fart gun from uh, the would. Minions. From Hold on. Mine, my MVP, and this is a recent development. Please stop. That, that's the Minions from Despicable Me. Yep. Wonderful that's... movie if you haven't seen it, by the way. Wonderful. Plugging a movie that's probably made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, this podcast is sponsored by just Nick and Will Me. I'm going to edit that into the top. Um, it's Kawhi. I, it's time to stop ignoring the defensive end of the court. And what he's doing is incredible. I think, And I think he's going to have actually a really good chance to prove himself even further in the MVP race if, unfortunately, LaMarcus Aldridge is out for an extended period of time with the heart arrhythmia. Um, If Kawhi can sustain the level that the Spurs are playing at, maybe even overtake the Warriors because the Warriors are not playing good basketball. I really think it, it could and should be Kawhi. What do you think? I agree with you in the Kawhi pick. Although... I had a brief moment last night, and I mean, I'm taking, I'm walking back years of how I felt oh, about things. Oh, I know this is good. I had a moment last night when I thought it should be James Harden. Yeah, I, I, he's my number two. Uh, and then he, I also want to give it to Russell Westbrook. Is he your number two? So is it is it for you, Kawhi, James, Kawhi, James Harden, Russell Westbrook? Yeah. For me, it's Kawhi James Harden, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. LeBron James is having an amazing year. He's averaging 28-8. and 28-8-8, eight. Eight, eight, I should say. Uh, yeah, his team hasn't won enough games. Have they won more games? How, what's their record? What's their record? They're 43-22. Right what's Houston's record right now? 46-21. and 21. Fine. That's more wins than the Cavs. In a better conference. In a better conference. And in this most recent head-to-head... When the game was close, James Harden said, this is my game, and LeBron James said, okay. I don't know if that was the exact dialogue. I yeah, I had a lip reader on it, but I, I, they didn't get it exactly. I don't know. I'm, I'm taking... Well, to be fair, I have James Harden above LeBron James. I said he's my, James Harden's two, LeBron James is three. Oh, I thought you said you had LeBron James above James Harden. I said James Harden, LeBron James, Got then it. Russell. Oh, so we're not actually arguing. No, we're not. Sorry. Russell Westbrook's my four. Uh, Russ gets extra points for trying really hard this year. I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm not going to nitpick over who's the third for MVP. I think they should, all four are shoe-ins for first team, and then who do you throw as the fifth? 
guess oh. it has to be a big guy, right? It's hard. Put you on the spot. Durant. Even if he misses the rest of the season? Yeah, because how many games will he have played? 50-something, I believe. Hmm. It's tough. I don't think it's Steph. No, you, you need another big man because you have... You need another forward, yeah. Durant this year has played 59 games. Yeah, I guess you could give it to him. That's He's third in PER. It's more than 70%. The rest of his stats are fantastic. More than 70% of the season. I mean, and, and you're not going to give it to Giannis, who Second statistically team. is up there. Yeah, his team's not good enough. Yeah. Um, they're below 500. You're not going to give it to Anthony Davis. You're not going to give it to Boogie. You're not going to give it to Towns. All their teams are under 500. That's fair. I can give it to Jimmy Butler under five hundred. Nah. Maybe I'll give it to Yogi. Or a lifetime achievement award to Dirk. <laughs> lifetime achievement award to Dirk. I All like right. that. Alright, on that note, subscribe, follow our picks on Twitter at Ben Seidelbaum at Doug Kralstein. Friend Doug on Facebook. He really wants more Facebook friends. This will be an interesting experiment. See if you listen to the very end of the podcast. If you get any random Facebook friends, I'm going to tell people when I write this up, listen to the end of the podcast for a little, a little surprise. It's not a surprise. It's a request. A request. Surprise request. All right. See you next time. Peace. Happy March Madness. Win a lot of money. Peace.